Hello everyone and welcome back to the kickabout. Manchester is blue once again and it's one step forward and two steps back for Chelsea. I'm your host Chris. I'm Pete. I'm Lee. I'm Josh. and welcome to episode 148 of The Kickabout. Uh, for those of you that didn't listen in last week, Dan has now had his surgery, so he will be now taking a, a break for a couple of weeks. Um, Lee and Josh have very kindly stepped in, so welcome back to the show to you both. And what a time for us for Lee to join in as well after the weekend. It's a shame we didn't have Dan here, because it really would have been a fucking full house of shit results of the weekend for all three of our teams. It's full of depression. Speak for yourselves, boys. <laughs> Well, top of the league, oh. <laughs> 26 game unbeaten run. Oh. We all do that league. We? <laughs> well, you were you were a little bit fortunate the weekends, Newcastle. Yeah, in the Premiership. <laughs> Premiership, that's a throwback, I like that. <laughs> um, right, okay, uh, let's do a quick fantasy league update because for a change, for a change, I had an all right weekend. I was nine points above the average. I'll take it, rather than twelve points below it or whatever it was last time. Um, I did have a slight. Frustration with uh, with Dan Byrne coming in. Uh, didn't we all, mate? When you transfer him in as well, um, absolute shocker. But my Captain Watkins. My, yeah, that's probably where my <laughs> biggest frustration was, <laughs> is that Watkins has been absolutely tearing the place up. They're playing Luton. I think one of the worst defenses in the league, bar Sheffield United. Yeah. And um, he does fuck all. <laughs> absolutely, you know, he couldn't even get me an assist. So yeah, and I've got Edison on the bench with seven and Neto with five as well. Bowen did fuck all as well. Hoping you know maybe something against Everton, but still, thankfully Wilson, Harland, Son, Madison, Diaby all did well. A clean sheet for White as well for Arsenal. So not bad weekend for a change. I think I made up a little bit of ground the on a few people. Starting to look a little bit worrying as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit injury ravaged on the bench. You doggy Neto and Botman on the bench. When when's Botman back? Yeah, well, not not for a long. Eleventh of November, according to that. I think that's being generous. Yeah, well. Neto, 25% chance of playing. I mean, I saw him get stretched off. I'd say that 25% yeah. is being generous. Ham- yeah. He was pulling his hammy. That's going to be a lot, yeah. little bit longer. That was the full FIFA injury, wasn't oh, it? 100% full on and gone and then gone, no, <laughs> no. Um, Controller and, disconnected. Yeah, so there could be a... Um, <sighs> do I do a minus four to take two of them out? I don't know. I, don't know. I can't really... Get, get the wild card out. I have got a free here, but I'm, so, I'm saving that for like, a, a double game card. Week. Have I? Yeah. Of course I've, I did use it about week three. <laughs> still bit me. I'm still fucking last. Yeah. I literally used it week three or four, I'm telling you, because I had oh, this. Man. I had my team set and like everyone else, I thought it was going to be amazing. And then three weeks in, I'm having an absolute stinker. And I was like, I've got to use my wild card. I've got to change these players up. And it's just not really... I think, frankly, I would have done better if I'd have left it alone. But uh, we, Tinkerer. Yeah, Tinkerer. I know, the full Ranieri. Um, I should... Well, obviously, we get another wild card after Christmas. I've still got my free hit and my triple captain, so... Yeah. It's not uh, not the complete end of the world. What about you boys? How did you, you get on Pete this weekend? Uh, I got 77 points while bench did. boosted. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you get much from your bench? Uh, Ariola got me three. Uh, Nunez got me 10. Trent got me five. And Diazzi got me two. Okay, not so, bad. Not bad. Yeah. Yes. Captain Song got 20 for him. Douglas Louise got me seven, which was good. Cash got me five. Becker, seven. So few twos around the doors with Alvarez and Watkins up top two each which was not great but <laughs> just really fortunate with the bench boost this, this week 
Nice. Lee, where'd you go? Uh, 82 for me this week. See where this is Captain going. Captain Harland <laughs> helps. Trippier get me no points though. Which yeah, same as me. So Harlan was a Harlan was a big shout because I think a lot of people moved away from Harlan this yeah, weekend because yeah. obviously um, Liverpool Harlan. against. <laughs> no, I think no maybe we all. Yeah. I'm <laughs> 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 like Liverpool playing Forest, yeah. Villa playing Luton. Um, you know the the temptations were were there. Everyone, I think, who was Spurs playing at the weekend? Palace. Palace. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, well, that's two out of the three. You've got more than me, Shira. Um, I think you're going to be happy. I only got 51. Ah, you're shit, you are. I went from, on the kickabout league, from rank 33rd to 64 <laughs> in one fucking game. Oh, oh you're I, only on double fit. That's good. Yeah, like, I'm still, I still haven't got out of the 400s yet, mate. So Trippier and Byrne both got me zero. <laughs> Bowen, two. Gordon, two. Oh, Watkins, two. Cash, five. And then my bench, Nikita. Nketiah, sorry, oh, yeah. 17. <laughs> you had him on the bench. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that's I did see that. Oh, Absolute stinker. Anderson, three points. Dunk, two. So if I put all of those in, I would have got 22 points added onto that. Bloody hell. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Oh, it is mate. indeed. Well, uh, should, we, should we look at Dan? How did Dan get on this weekend? Uh, going I on? hope he suffered. 87, I think. Yeah, something like uh, what? He's getting on my nerves, Dan, isn't he? Oh. <laughs> Uh, 87 points. Wait, hold on. How many United players he got in there? He ain't got any. Oh, there you go. Uh, not loyal, is he? No, he's smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my issue then when I've got Trippier, Byrne, Gordon. All got me two points collectively. Thanks. <laughs> well, it's done you well before, though, because mm. you didn't you uh, didn't you captain Trippier when they played Sheffield United. United. Yeah. So you did well there. So, right, there we go. Uh, right, well, tonight we do have a Kickabout alternate universe for you. Um, I asked everybody to pick their all-time best five-a-side team. Now, I know that me and uh, uh, and Lee have gone above and beyond here because we've decided to make two teams, um, just because we wanted to. Um, but I thought that... I was struggling. <laughs> I thought that uh, we what we could do is we could actually maybe put it to the vote internally here as to whose side. If it came down to a team, in, like a competition with all these teams, who would win? So uh, who wants to go first? Go on, Pete. Yeah. Give us your, give um, us your team. The goalkeeper I went for, Neuer. Okay. Um, just because he's good at the ball at his feet. Uh-huh. So uh, he'd effectively be another defender for me. Um, I've only gone for one defender, and that is Maldini. Okay. Just world-class, best defender in the world. Yeah. And there's, there's no debate for that. Uh, midfielders, I went for uh, Iniesta and Zidane. Uh-huh. And up top, I was scratching my head at this a little bit, but I went for Pele. Okay. Okay, I think there's some little left left field picks in there. Uh, Lee, why don't you give us give us yours? So my, for pure entertainment and flair. <laughs> so in goal, I've gone for Rene Guita. Nice, yeah. Absolute lunatic. Love running out. Scorpion goals. kicks everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in defence, I've gone for Roberto Carlos. Oh, nice. Midfield, Zidane and Maradona. And up top, R9. The oh, real no. Ronaldo. The real Ronaldo, yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's going to be a tough one to beat. Shira? I've got Shea Given in guard. Of course he fucking has. <laughs> Philippe Albert in defence. Bruno Guimaraes in the... Have you just done an all-Newcastle team? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do have, I do have a, another one after this, don't worry. Um, Bruno and um, Joe Linton in the middle. And Alan Shearer up top. 
Okay. But my, well, they're coming bottom of the group, so that's fine. My, my, my actual one is Casillas in goal, mm-hmm. Maldini at the back, and I have Zidane and Henri as a midfield with the real Shearer up top. The, the real man. Shearer. There's only one Shearer, Shearer. Um, Right, well, there you go. Yeah, that's what I was talking to. Uh, right, I went down the similar route to Pete in terms of goalkeepers. I went Edison in goal, mm-hmm. one of the best ball. He could literally play in defence or out on pitch for Man City, and I think he wouldn't he yeah. wouldn't look out of place. Uh, I also went for Maldini at the back, okay. and then I went for just three players because Maldini can hold the line on his own. He doesn't need anybody. He doesn't yeah, need any yeah, help. Um, so I've gone for three players who I don't think between them did an ounce of defending in their entire career, <laughs> and I've gone for uh, JJ Kocha. <laughs> oh, Ronaldinho, and uh, I thought I'd throw uh, Dimitri Payet in there as well. Oh, of course he would. <laughs> Hang on a minute, if you can have an entire Newcastle <laughs> team, uh, and then for my other team, I thought uh, I'd go down the route of this team will only win through attrition because they'll be the last man standing because the other team will be either in hospital or they'll be dead. Uh, I went to Oliver Kahn in goal, Carlos Puyol in defence, uh, and my midfield three is Gennaro Gattuso. Uh, Roy Keane and Vinnie Jones <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there'll be some deaths on the pitch for that one who was your other, other one was checking goal Maldini in defence Figo Sadorf and then Alan Shearer up oh. mm. right then let's put it to the vote which, which team's winning that one I think it's probably your first I, I like my first one. yeah I think it's probably remind me <laughs> what was it again uh, Rene Aguita in goal Roberto Carlos Zidane Maradona and Ronaldo mm. I think it's going to take some beating isn't it Maradona and Ronaldo are disgusting. Yeah, that is literally... I'm not even sure the other team is going to touch the ball. <laughs> Maradona would just be doing around the world, balancing on his head. Taking cocaine halfway through. <laughs> 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 Giving him plus 10 stamina. There we go. Uh, let us know uh, in the comments on where, whichever podcast you listen to, which, which team you think is the best. And next week, uh, which I assume you gentlemen are both joining us again next week, uh, we are going to do uh, the worst five-a-side team. So I'm looking forward to that one and seeing what uh, absolute dross yeah, we're going to come up mm. with next week. Um, right, okay, well, let's move on then. Let's talk Premier League action and we're going to start with the are Manchester we, Derby. Are we doing the stat for Dan? Oh, God, yeah, sorry. I know he's, he's not even He's only been gone a week and I've forgotten about <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, who? <laughs> let's do Dan's stat. Dan the stat, man. So, Dan has kindly given me a uh, a stat this week because I didn't want him to feel left out. Uh, and the one that he's given me is uh, Erling Haaland has reached 20 away goals in the Premier League. This is record-breaking 23 games. But what remaining four players occupy the top five? So hang on, so say that again. So, so he's Erling Haaland's reached twenty away goals in twenty three games. Okay, but what remaining four players occupy the top five of other players who've reached 20, 20 away right, goals? The quickest. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. Right. Okay. Well, we'll get the answer to that later on in the show. Uh, right. So we will now go to the Manchester derby. Um, <coughs> I mean, I think, uh, yeah, (laughs) I think that's probably how Dan felt when he was watching it. I mean, it's a good thing that Dan isn't here because this may well have uh, this may well have finished him off. (laughs) Because there's, there's, (laughs) I think the most worrying thing that I saw in this in this game was that that soft underbelly with United, the the 
uh, the, the the attitude issues, the sort of temperament issues, they always they're still there. They come to the surface every time things aren't going their way. And when Man City effectively just kept the ball for the entirety of that second half, mm-hmm. we saw another worrying reminder of where this Man United team actually is. Um, so. We- <laughs> The, the debate has risen again about where the fault lies. You know, Gary Neville is continuing, you know, on the whole Glazer thing. Carragher, they had a bit of a seeing to on the uh, on the yeah. Sky Sports. Where do you guys come down in on this? I mean, feel free to shout. Where, where do you guys think is the issue here? Should should Ten Hag be shouldering more of this, or is this still the whole toxicity of the club argument that Neville keeps making? I think there's obviously quite a... Obviously, with Newcastle, where we have poor ownership, it is quite an easy thing to blame the higher-ups. But there has to be some fault within the players and the manager as well. I have a look at the recruitment and I personally don't see many players in that United team that I would take in the Newcastle starting lineup. I think for many people in the Premier League, that would be the same. I'm not sure if it's a case of me, I don't like some of the attitude, like Bruno Fernandes, I can't stand him. Mm-hmm. I've, no, and I just think... I Genuinely, I saw a Man United TikTok the other day where they were, they were actually suggesting that Anthony could go down as one of United's worst ever signings you when you take a, into account the money they yeah. paid for him. Yeah, look when he swiped um, Doku's leg and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just like a petulant child. He is it? a child. Yeah. The bit, I think it was more the bit afterwards where he was like slapping his hand yeah. away. Yeah, I was like, like, what is he doing? Wax on, wax on. <laughs> get it away. But It runs through the whole team though. Yeah, you, absolutely. You see, okay, they're playing City, not an easy game, but they just, they're wandering around with their heads down. They're just... Don't look interested in any of them. It's no. a derby. <laughs> and yeah, I just I have a look at it and I just don't think there is a style of play. I don't think there's a pattern of play that I can associate Man United with. Like for Newcastle, I know we're quite high tempo, intensity driven. Arsenal, silky passes, play football. With United, I don't know what they're gonna do from one week to the next. No. Give, uh, give I, it Rashford. <laughs> well, I saw a stat earlier on today that um, the I think it was like five attacking players with United. There's one Premier League goal between all of them, and it's Rashford. And you're talking something like a combined something like two thousand minutes of football. There's that's one it. Premier League goal think, between them. I think that's why I saw. I think it was five play five United players who are all attackers who've got less goals than Mudrick. <laughs> yeah, combined. Yeah. And Mudrick hasn't actually had a shot on goal. He's just scored two goals this year, isn't he? It's Great goal, Definitely meant it. Great cross. Great cross. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, for me, I don't know if it's, like I said, I think there's a bit of recruitment there that I just don't think... They spent big. 400 million since Ten Hag has been there. There's, there's just no quality there, though, isn't it? It's about a year and a half, isn't it? Yeah, about 18 months. I said, um, yeah, but look at the ones that they got in Unana. Very questionable. I and he was their best player. So was probably, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, that's, that's I mean, worrying in itself. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Um, I mean, if I just run through here, I'll, I'll call out the signings that uh, that Ten Hag has, uh, has made. Um, so you've got Reguilon, who's come in as a left back. Obviously, he's been injured a little bit, but that's not really worked out. I would say Amrabat has been very disappointing mm-hmm. so far. He's been... He looks... Average. But then at the same time, average. they played him at... Left back. They have played him at left back, but even when he's been playing in the middle, I feel like he's maybe there was a level of expectation with him because United were after him for so long. There was that expectation that he'd come in and especially when you look at the World Cup. Yeah. yeah. Um and how he was for Fiorentina. Yeah. You've got that Bayern there, the, uh, the the Turkish goalkeeper, Rasmus Hoyland. You know, he looks like there's a player in oh, yeah. there, I think. Um he's got raw talent. Yeah, sure. just waiting for that to come out. Anana, 
you know, for for a goalkeeper that's come in to be a, a ball, ball playing player, goalie, yeah. he has the worst pass percentage of any goalie in the Premier League, apparently. And that's um, saying something because Nick Pope can't kick a ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it, that's just not worked out. And then you think you know he's bringing in Johnny Evans. You know they're playing Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire at centre back. Mm. Yes, yeah, so it feels like United have gone kind of full circle. Is that not the worst back four Man United have ever played in the Premier League? It's got to be up there. But even like you say that, but you have a look at some of the back fours that Fergie. Well, even some of the 11s Fergie pulled out when he had like ten defenders playing. When he had like Raphael playing, Johnny Evans. Yeah, all of that. All trash, but he was still able to get them to play the they were United organized. way. Yeah. yeah, and like you say, there's no organization there. No, and they've crumbled. Absolutely I mean, crumbled. I think that Varane was on his way back from injury, and the same as Reggion. You know, they played Lindelof at left back instead of Reggion. You think if you're fit enough for the bench, can mm. you know you not be fit enough to do an hour or something like that? You know, get settled, get you know, get the game to a point where you're still in the game, and then if you need to make a change, then you make it then. But I, I am getting a little bit frustrated as well with this this narrative around Harry Maguire because I've seen this week Paul Merson coming out and saying that Man United are a better team when Maguire's in there. So he's had literally one or two good games for United now. All of a sudden, everyone's holding a fucking Maguire loving. He's come, still coming back from a gambling and a drinking addiction. So just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll, we'll give him a, we'll give him a bit of leeway there. But yeah, um, what about the captaincy argument with with United? Because Bruno Fernandez again coming under fire. Roy Keane is very adamant that he shouldn't I, become I don't captain. I see a captain in that team. No. It's like leaders. No. So who would you give it to? Varane, maybe? Casemiro. Yeah, or Cas- Casemiro, yeah, but he's either injured or suspended most of the time. So. But like I said, at least with Varane and Casemiro, they've been there and done that. They've won trophies mm-hmm. to the highest calibre, like mm-hmm. World Cups, Champions Leagues. The rest of them, like, you've either got to, got to give it to them for the experience or you've got to give it to a United lad to push through the United mentality like a Rashford or a McTominay. I know they're nowhere near a captain's standard, but at least they care. Yeah. You know they care. Say, say what you like about McTominay, but at least he actually, he's probably yeah. one of the one players that actually looks like he's putting effort in. No, I totally agree. I think the worrying thing, if I if I'm a United fan, outside of all the the various things going on at that board level, is the fact that we are 18 months now into Ten Hag's reign and the team that was out yesterday was very, very similar to the team that he would have started with 18 months ago. Yeah. You know, we've got Lindelof back in the team. You've got um, hmm. uh, Maguire in the team. You've got McTominay coming back in the team because he's literally the only person who's scoring goals and looking he's interested at the moment. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Rashford hasn't done it, you know, hasn't been himself this season. So yeah. it's been a worrying time. And I do think that Ten Hag has got getting away with it a bit. I think the board level stuff is allowing him to sort of stay out of the firing line a little bit with this. Mm-hmm. But sooner or later, something's going to have to change. And, it, you know, you can't keep saying, you know, the board stuff is out of out of sort of our control, I guess, if you like, or the players' control. They've got to, they've got to find a way of doing something on the pitch and getting an identity back. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, but anyway, let's talk about the game itself. Uh, let's talk about the penalty, first of all. Uh, Hoyland on uh, Rodri, I believe it was. What's our thoughts on this? What do we think? Harsh. Yeah, harsh in my opinion. You see this sort of thing happen every week and it's never given. Mm. I couldn't really see him getting to the ball either. Well, suppose, according to the old ref watch on Sky Sports, one of the reasons that it was given was because they took into consideration that he would get the ball. 
And I'm like, is he, fucking, su- that, is he fucking Superman? Because that ball was a long way away from him. It's been such a terrible few weeks for refereeing, I feel. Mm. I said, I'm sure we'll get on to... The Newcastle another, one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't get what's going on with it. I don't feel like they're all singing from the same hymn sheet. Like, you have a look at that one, you think one week that, like you say, won't be given. But because it's in a Manchester derby game, it's given. But in the same game... You have that one where Maguire's wrestling Ireland to the ground. Yeah, and I would have, I would have said that's that was more, more of a penalty yeah, than exactly. the other one was. Yeah. And there's no standard, it feels it's like. Because yeah. it's down to personal interpretation, no one person's going to be the same as others, it seems, for the referees. But you see a group of lads together, or whoever, then go, penalty. Oh, penalty. Two seconds. I mean, I 100% agree with you, but I think the, the issue is we're seeing here... <coughs> Excuse me. The issue we're seeing here is that we're not even seeing consistency from the same ref in the same game. No, absolutely. Um, because, obviously, the referee didn't give that the penalty initially. He let the game go on. He either saw it or didn't and decided whatever. Then my, I think it was Michael Oliver who was in the VAR room brought it back and said, no, you need to stop the game. The ball didn't even go out. They stopped the game while it was in play mm. to go and do the VAR check. And at that point, it's only ever going to go one mm. way. So for the very fact that Michael Oliver didn't stop that one, I find that quite concerning that he's, he's, he's seen that one as a foul and not seen that one. The only thing, again, the only thing I can think of is that he doesn't, obviously Harlan want the ball was nowhere near Harlan for the Maguire one. And the ball was sort of near Rodri for that one, but either way, neither of them are getting the ball. Mm. But it doesn't excuse the fact if it's a foul, it's a foul. If you two, if you two foot someone off the ball, it's still a fucking foul on a red card. So I don't know. Um, it's a it's a it's a frustrating time at the moment for football fans. With I mean, there was a obviously the huge one again. We'll talk about in the Bournemouth Burnley game uh, later on. Um, so, but anyway, let, let's talk about Man City. Um, They've not been. I wouldn't say they've been at their best this season yet. Oh no! But was that probably the the most complete City performance we've seen this season so far? I'd say so far, as a especially the second half, they look very much more in control. Grealish probably the best he's played so far this season. I think. I just personally love the way that John Stones is as a footballer. I think he's so calm and composed, and I think they are a much better team with John Stones and Rodri. You, their little dip they had coincided yeah. with Rodri not being in the team when he was banned. Mm. So it's really important. Yeah. Gives yeah. you much more balance mm-hmm. in that team. Gives them something to build through. One of one of the, the players, I mean, he got man of the match in the end, but Bernardo Silva. Oh. Um, you know, Man, uh, sorry, Man City have had players, you know, you think of like the companies, the David Silvers. I think if, mm. if Bernardo Silva does stay there long term, because there's been you know, rumours at times during his Man City career that he was going to leave. Barcelona had been tapped with an interest once or twice. If he does stay there long term, does he go down as much of a legend, do you think, Pete, as people like David Silva, company, Aguero? Is he in that bracket? Absolutely. I mean, he's been professional for God knows how many years for City now. I think you have you you would get legendary status, um, whether that will be shadowed over by the likes of Aguero and Haaland and that, but the strikers always get the limelight. Um but I mean, you have to look back at like Vincent Company as well. Mm. You know, he was he went down a legend. But when did he join? Or what? Two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. Times just before the money came in. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I just think that it's it was a little bit um as you say worrying. I guess that's not the probably not the right word, but to see the dip in form when Rodri wasn't there. Mm. You know, that's the first time that we've seen a little bit of struggle. 
yeah, I mean, I don't want to use the word weakness, but maybe, you know, slight uh, frailty, I guess, if that's the right word. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to use a big word because it's not that big of a deal. But clearly there was a there was a gap something in there. Missing. There was something missing when he wasn't there. Yeah. And I think what we've seen is, is just how important he is to that team. Calvin Phillips clearly isn't going to fill that void. No. Um, Guardiola doesn't even trust him to try him, let alone uh, do that. So Man City historically, or certainly over the last few years, of sort of evolution rather than revolution. So it wouldn't surprise me if that role is the next one that they look to sort of spend big in. Well, I think before Rodri, they had Fernandinho, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not as good as that, but he still had that similar role. Mm-hmm. They all seem to always have that midfield. Even before that, they had like De Jong. Uh, he was nowhere near as good as they are, but that, like you said, that's that evolution of getting that top quality player yeah. to fill that role. Yeah, and no, absolutely. I think um, Man City is obviously going to be there or thereabouts to come the end of the season, but it's going to be interesting to see how now with, now with Rodri's back in the fold, how they now go across the next couple of games because with the greatest respect, United really didn't put up much of a no. fight in this game um, and they made it very easy for a side like Man City who were just passing them to death and obviously the frustrations begun to boil over and United were lucky not to, not to get a red card with Anthony towards the end. So yeah, problems ahead for United. Um, I suspect that Dan is listening to this under the covers. Um, he was obviously Cursing very... Cursing us all. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, you know, we were, me and Lee were messaging him all weekend. And we, was, we were literally going through, it was, it was Lee's turn on Saturday morning, then it was my turn on <laughs> Sunday afternoon, and then it was Dan's turn on Sunday late afternoon. So we've all, we've all had it this weekend. Uh, right, so Lee, your turn. Um, <laughs> Chelsea nil, Brentford 2. Um, obviously, it's been a little while since you were last on the show talking about Chelsea and, and talking about their season, how things are going. Um <sighs> It, it it must be very frustrating to watch because the, there's clearly the the makings of a team there. What is it that's missing? Final how is it? Story. How is it? How is it still happening? Dominating games. I thought the last couple of weeks. Thought yes, we finally turned a corner in scoring goals, putting chances away, and then this week, I don't know how many chances we squandered in the first half. Just I've never seen a team so inept at scoring goals. It's <laughs> unreal. It's oh, so frustrating. We just need... I'm hoping when Nkunku comes back, he might be able to put the ball in the back of the net because as much as I wanted Jackson to succeed up top, I just don't... He's just not <coughs> clinical enough. He just doesn't even look like he's... He's had his chance now, hasn't he? Confident. He doesn't never hits anything with conviction or anything. It's no. Just... I think the one thing that you want to see in a striker like Jackson is what you saw in Timo Werner. And I'm not seeing quite that level of energy and desire yeah. in Jackson. He did to start did. with, but he seems to have, I don't know, so gone we, back on himself. We were talking about the preseason when it started, and he looked yeah. really but I good think in that American Part tour. of the preseason, him and Nkunku worked really well together, mm. and not having him playing big miss. is a big miss. So I, I would like uh, to see, like, Maybe try and go for Ivan Tony or something in January. Well, on that on that note, uh, a rumor I saw today was that Roma are open to doing effectively a straight swap with no money involved. Uh, Romelu Lukaku for Tammy Abraham. Would you take Tammy back at the club? He's just done his ACL as well, isn't he? He's well. That's why they've got Lukaku. Yeah, yeah, so he's, he's out full season anyway. I don't know. He he had that one really good season at Roma, didn't he? And then he. Fell away again, didn't he? Mm. And then he's got injured. I, no, I don't think so. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think he's the answer. No. Um, Ivan Tony sounds like he's. I'd heard rumours that Brentford were going to be prepared to let him go for a fairly nominal yeah, fee. Yeah, um, I think he wants to go to Arsenal. From what I've seen, yeah, I've seen that. But do Arsenal really need him? Are Arsenal really going to go in for him? Hey, Jesus is injured again now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it would be wise if if they were to go in for him because it's, yes, Enketi has got a hat trick, yeah. but he's not the main We've man. said it before; he's not consistent enough. No, no, I agree. Um, although I would potentially argue that right now he is going to be of more he's going to stand out and be more worthwhile to Chelsea than he is Arsenal the amount of chances we create as well he, he, he could get bag fulls yeah, he could get bag fulls of goals mm-hmm. yeah I think I think that could really work um, I mean what what do you what do you assess Poch's job so far um, do, do, you, do you think that there's enough there to say that he's still that, yeah you know, we've got to stick by him I think you can see the improvement. Like we are, like we were just saying about United, you know, don't really know what they're doing. At least with Chelsea, you can see they're they're playing through the lines. They're they're part they're passing, actually going forward. Yeah, we missed Enzo massively at the weekend. Actually, he was a big miss because he's been brilliant this season. Yeah, he's been very and good. a lot of our play comes through him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just stick by him. You can see, as much as I wanted this season for us to progress a bit more than what we we are going to. Yeah, I think this might be another season where you say, right, finish top half. Yeah, don't if, should be getting Europe. But if we don't, fine. But as long as there's a big improvement, and then next year, he he has to take us to the next level. Next year, we have to start. Knocking back on the door, yeah. Champions League, and that. Yeah, the, the longer you're out of Europe, the harder it's going to be. Especially, to yeah, it's not just that; it's the amount of money we spent as well. Yes, that's we what I was need about to, to say, be yeah. getting that Champions League money, that Europa League money. We need to be. Am I right in saying that Brentford are the first team to beat you three times yeah, in a row? Right. <laughs> yes, you are right, Pete. Yes. Yeah. I've had that sent to me probably four times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's an amazing achievement from from Brentford um, to 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 beat Chelsea three times at Stamford Bridge in their first three attempts, or whatever the the the, um, mm. the stat is. Um, but this was a bit of a smash and grab. Let's be brutally mm. honest about this. You know, Chelsea played Brentford off the park in the first half. Should have been several goals clear. They score what was a good goal from uh, from Pinnock at the back post, um, but the second goal obviously is just a you know the classic risk risk you know yeah high risk and 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 high uh, reward situation with the goalkeeper going up for a corner. I'm still not convinced. I'll ask, I'll ask you guys. I've already asked you, Lee. I'm not personally convinced. Nine games into a Premier League season, that we should be risking a second goal game. I don't know. Do you think? Do you think it was worth the risk at that point to send your goalie up one 0 down at home to Brentford and? In the Premier League, or am I am I underplaying this a bit? What do you I guys would. think? Yeah, points a point. No, I think I would agree. I'd rather them try and win. If, you, well, if you're going to lose one 0 yeah. you might as well lose two or three, like I said yeah. earlier. Yeah, I say I think with Chelsea, they're not going to be anywhere near relegation, so goal difference isn't going to matter in that grand scheme of things. So yeah, what's the difference between one and two when it comes to that? Mm-hmm. Do you think Sterling could have got a penalty? You have to remind me which one. Where you got that shove when he was going through? 
I think it, I, it was, I thought that if, it's if that's soft, a penalty in the other yeah. game, but that's Stonewall. Yeah. yeah, it's in in my opinion, it's soft. And I probably wouldn't give it, but when you see other ones that yeah. have been given, yeah. you think that's. Penalty. This is, this is, sort of goes back to the problem, isn't it? It's this level of consistency that we're seeing yeah. with the officials, and it does feel like the officials are um, woefully failing at the moment across the border in so many areas. Uh, interestingly as well, do you remember at the start of the season, Pete, we were talking about all these new rules that were coming in with referees. Yeah. You noticed how the whole, any player that goes up to the referee gets an instant booking. You noticed yeah, how that's disappeared? Yeah. Fucking knew it. Like they just, it's all for show. It's almost like they have to be seen to be changing things, but they don't actually stick to their fucking word. They do it every season. Remember probably like four or five seasons ago, they've done the thing where if there's grappling in the area, penalty straight away they yeah. did it for about three or four games and then that went out the window yeah it's it's really really frustrating because incentives like that where you're trying to get the respect from the players I'm I'm kind of all for it I don't necessarily think that's the right way to do it I think you, you know try and find a different way potentially but what was really interesting was you had the, the Rugby World Cup final on on Saturday night I think it yeah. was um and you see the level of respect in that game and the way... What really pisses me off, I'm going off on a tangent here, but what really pisses me off with football, and I know football is a fairly unique game because it doesn't have the natural stopping points that a lot of other sports do, but it's really beginning to annoy me how football continues to be the only sport that cannot find a way to properly implement technology into, into the game. Yeah. Um, the only one we've done is obviously the goal line technology because that is black and white and you're just done with cameras. Yeah. For me... I'm at the point now I think bin off offsides completely go, give it back to the linesman because for me at the moment it's no better or worse at, at this point I don't understand why I can't use that automate one that's, that's what I mean it get to that that is, that's really good and yeah. I think that's really yeah. clear with that bring that in I have no problem with that but yeah. this drawing the lines bullshit mm-hmm. like we saw with the it's awful in the ball I know we're going to get onto it but they drew the lines in the wrong place that's yeah. why it took so long to start five and a half that's minutes that's a joke I just don't understand how they can whenever I see it from that the line's always looking in the wrong position to me because of the way that the camera angles are. Yeah. From a different camera angle, it'd probably be offside on one, then you have a look on another one and it's onside. The trouble is, is that VAR has to sort of earn our trust as fans, right? We have to believe that they're doing the right thing. We have to believe in the technology. And we are being told by like Howard Webb and the other people that all the cameras are like calibrated to within an inch of their lives so that it's accurately done. But then we've seen the Liverpool Spurs fuck up with the goal that should have been given. We've now seen this one. There's been other examples where it's been incredibly close and the lines are like, are they being drawn in the right place? And it just completely devalues the whole system. And if you haven't got the fans on board, and it's even got to the point now where managers, and again, I know we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but the... Um, the Wolves, uh, Wolves manager, Gary, Gary O'Neill, yeah. he's literally coming out and saying, when you're getting to the point where managers now are literally just going, I can't be asked. Yeah, he said, didn't he? He said, I'm not going to bother talking I just can't be bothered. Mm. He just doesn't want to talk about it. He's like, I don't have any time for it. Mm. And it, when you get to a point where even a Premier League manager can't be asked to moan in a post-match interview about it, you know there's problems. Mm. because Maybe they, uh, maybe they need a new company to come and do their calibration. <laughs> <laughs> plug, plug, plug. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very very frustrating. Um, I think I don't, I don't think it's the reason whatsoever. But you look at it like Primark and Sainsbury's and all those other available uh, shops. When you take away the people from it and just have it all as like robotic and automatic with these self checkouts, etc. Yeah, there's no need for people anymore. Nothing ever really goes wrong. You scan your items and you fuck off. It's quite simple. <laughs> Just an incredible it, it, metaphor. Now, with FIFA in the World Cup, 
they used that and it worked. Now, FIFA are under a hell of a lot of scrutiny at that time. They use that sort of system. No one questions it. Everyone loves it. Football is great. FIFA are great in respect. But then we go back to this crap and we know it's crap. Everyone knows it's crap, Mm -hmm. but it's people's opinions deciding goals and what what are and are not goals what are penalties what aren't penalties yeah and that is where the fuck up is happening yeah 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 i mean look, ultimately var is supposed to be there to to find clear and obvious errors and it's not we see it in and tennis it, with the lines exactly it's rugby with the tmo there is yeah. no the, the, the whole mo of var was to help assist referees and i feel like it's just making their jobs worse and at this point, we are talking more about VAR. I think the the frustration with VAR is that because we know it's technology, we know there are supposedly highly trained people in a room with multiple different camera angles being able to tell these decisions, and they're still getting them wrong. The the on field refereeing has got considerably worse since VARs come as well. Because yeah. I think I feel like they're too scared to actually referee now. Yeah, there's the, well, if I make a mistake, I look like an idiot because obviously the is going to flag it up or if I don't make that decision it doesn't matter because you got someone back VAR is yeah. going to say yeah. right you need to check this now yeah, so exactly. they're not really refereeing the game yeah it's, it's a get out clause isn't yeah. it for referees yeah. it's, it's mental you've got all this technology in the world yet we can't draw a straight fucking line no. yeah it's, <laughs> we can literally like send a fucking probe to the other end of our galaxy and see high res images <laughs> but these wankers at VAR Stockley Park can't draw a line straight on a football pitch I've not seen the <laughs> With the referees association, this amount of apologies no. to each team, it's it lost its value now. Yeah, like when it first, like we apologise, we've come out with wrong. Fair enough. Yeah, we all make mistakes, but now it's four, five, six, seven odd games. I think we've had off. seven this season. <laughs> apologies, I think. And it's, it would be interesting to see how many points the VAR is altered. What yeah. positions the teams would be in. I think they they do seem to do it near the end or some. Yeah. But her guy seems to do it at the, <laughs> the end of the season. Usually something. Liverpool fan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see because I, I think even when it was just down to the refs at that moment in time, at least you can understand it's just what they see in that moment at the speed of the game. They slow things down. Everything looks like a fucking foul when you slow it yeah. down to like 0.5 When you do speed. steals of certain tackles, they look horrific. Yeah. You play them in normal time and... They're not anywhere near as bad as what they look when mm. they stopped. Well, they did the same thing with the um, Hoyland incident at the weekend, didn't they? Mm. They showed they showed the the slow mo straight away to the ref, and even Neville said, "Look, slow mo. It looks like he's grabbed him, yanked him to the floor." And they watch it in real time, and it's nothing. It's not yeah. really anything and there. When the referee goes to check the the monitor, they always have that the worst yeah. part up already. <laughs> so he's already got it scenario. straight in his head, like, "Oh wow, look." That looks really bad. It's, it's, it's so, almost like social engineering, isn't it? It's yeah. like you're being the referee is already fed being in. fed the information to almost like he's he's walking over to the screen. He's going, "Oh fuck me, that looks bad." Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like he's already being conditioned to make that decision yeah. without like being shown. Gone over the ball, like you said, the speed of the game is just an accident. And you think, "Oh yeah, that's a yellow card." But when you slow it down and mate, his studs is coming towards his shin. Yeah, you instantly think, "Oh yeah, oh red card." Mm. Oh. Yeah, I just think it ruins it. Yeah, no, I agree. But one thing I would love them to do is to have the refs just come and have an interview at the end of the game. Why did you make that decision? <clears throat> I saw they did it ages ago. Funny enough, it was a Newcastle game. They didn't give Alan Shearer a penalty. Oh. 
It's awful. <laughs> but at least he came, the referee came out and said, look, I saw this. I didn't give it because I thought it was a bit soft. Was it the old ginger ref? Was it yes. uh, Paul Durkin? Was that I, his name? I can't remember his name, but it was the ginger one. Yeah, I remember. But at least he's come out and said, this is what I saw. I've given it for this reason. Um, yeah, I would much rather them come out and have that responsibility and say, yeah, I made that decision. That's why I've done it. Mm. I think they'd have a lot more respect for yeah, that you wouldn't think they that much. You do see that a lot in the rugby, though. Yeah. Although the, the all the English referees in the rugby on the weekend had an absolute mare but because they describe what they're doing throughout the game, yeah. it's not as bad. Well, it, it gives you a level of... A lot of the times, the fans' frustration is that they don't know what's going on. So yeah. they sort of wind themselves up trying to work out what it is the referees You're more likely decided. to go at the end. If they come out and say, so, all right, okay, they made a mistake, but they held their hands up yeah. and... You, well, know, you could be like, oh, they, I could see why they did yeah. it now. I don't think it's right, yeah. but I can see why You can see his, um, how he's got to that... That rationale. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird, isn't it? Because we had um, that game in Australia, I think it was in the A League in Australia, yeah. where the referees were fully yeah, mic'd yeah. up. Uh, we're now Does seeing he work in the Premier League now. That referee when they done that. Does he? I think he's one of the. Premier oh, League is he? Refs. Okay. Because that's why I think one of the reasons they brought him over because he done so well. Yeah, <laughs> he's left his fucking weird. microphone now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't see what's wrong with that. Like, I think us as fans, even like when I I went to go see the NFL in Wembley. Once they've made a decision, they've said what it is, you hear it in the intercom, everybody's either going, yeah, or ah. Oh. Hmm. It's what it is. They've said it. what it is, yeah. that's it, done, go. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, obviously, now Howard Webb doing the old uh, reveals of the, the talking in VAR and how they make their decisions and stuff like that. But the problem is, is that they've, I think I'm pretty sure it's Michael Owen that does it, oh, and man. he never pushes him. He's in my worst team ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we could maybe in the following week we could maybe yeah maybe the biggest team. bunch of twats <laughs> fighting side team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the problem is, is that Owen never presses him on anything. He just is he just sort man. of he just yeah he's it's it's clearly set up to be you know to help, them out. To help VAR become a more um, likable organization if you like if that's the right word. So they Owen never says. Well, why didn't you do that? That's clearly a penalty. How have you guys not seen that's a penalty? Or anything like that. It's just a case of, oh, okay, thanks. Right, let's move on to the next one do you, then. Do you think that's because maybe the Premier League have done something with the broadcasters to quite, like soften the blow of that? Because when you have a look at the, the Tottenham-Liverpool game when it was that horrendous decision, you don't you didn't see many replays of no. what actually happened. So well, I think we've spoken about this before. And like surely they've done that to kind of soften the blow. But then once you start seeing it again and again, it's seen worse. Yeah. Like, it's almost you try <laughs> to hide your mistake. Yeah. And the trouble is, as a football fans, you know, we're not stupid. You know, we we, we notice these things yeah. or somebody will and it will do the rounds on social media and, yeah. you know, before you know it, the problem's made worse. So um, anyway, um, let's <laughs> let's back away from that uh, VAR uh, topic you, for now, <laughs> for now. Um, but I'm sure it will come back around um, fairly shortly. Let's move on and talk about Arsenal against Sheffield United. We've been talking about how Arsenal have not really hit top gear yet in the same way that maybe Man City haven't. Was this sort of similar to the City game where you know we've got to take into account the opposition mm-hmm. rather than the performance? Or should we look into this and say, actually, maybe this is the start of a, a better you know, were they better, I guess, is the, is the, is the point. What do you guys think of this one? I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? I think Arsenal definitely played better, but Sheffield United didn't really put up a fight, did they? No. 
It's not exactly eight mil, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we had like a bell in here for every time Shira makes a Newcastle reference, do, do the Steve Bruce. How's, how's the beat? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be editing until two in the morning this episode. <laughs> no, I think I think Arsenal have stagnated of late, and I. I think they've got some really good players, but I think, I don't know what it is. I think maybe it is that centre-forward role that Tony could fill. I just feel like they've just, they're missing a cog. I think Declan Rice has been very good, but I just feel like they're missing that last bit, piece of the puzzle. The spark isn't, just doesn't seem like it's quite there this season. Maybe it was because last season they were so good mm-hmm. and we may be just expecting the same levels. Um but that's obviously what you've got to do if you want to beat Man City to the title. That's the sort of levels you have to be at almost every week. Um, Pete, from a Sheffield United point of view, though, you know this is now same, getting concerning, isn't same it? shit, different day, really. They have got a lot of injuries, though. Um, we shouldn't discount yeah, you'd that. You still expect some sort of performance out of a team. You're getting nothing with them. They sit 10 men behind the ball for five minutes, concede and go, oh, we'll just fucking throw the game now. <laughs> I, can't, I can't actually remember one game where they've actually fought this whole season. The like, um, Tottenham game, they weren't too bad until they conceded I was, quite late on. Was it but, but City how, also? I think it was like 2-1 yeah, as well. Yeah, there, was, there was those two games it's, where they fought really... They, I think they were really hard-fought games. But then after that, I said when we played them, and then since then... Yeah, like they've said, been, So you're trying agreed. to say you broke them? I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even against Would West you, Ham, and, and obviously West Ham have been very poor recently. I think Sheffield United, <laughs> I think, is the only game we've won in the last six in the Premier League. And we won it at a counter. We weren't even that good that day. I think we beat them 2-0, I think it was. And that, we were not at the races at all that game, but they made it so easy. We didn't have to be. That's exactly what I'm going to say. Were Spurs and City at their top that no, game? No, I completely agree, yeah. So there we... That's, it's null, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. In your, in your opinion, is he is he primed for the chop now, Hickenbottom? I mean, things well, are not improving. Still top of my list, yeah. I think I think he's going to be the first one to go. Or the, the, uh, the Bournemouth manager. Obviously, he's got his first win, but... Yeah. You know, the... the the table doesn't lie and the no. performances don't lie. One thing I would say on the Arsenal side is Declan Rice. Now, I sent you something earlier. Yes. Um, with Declan Rice, I'll say it to you two yeah. guys as well, is that we talk about players' price tags. Declan Rice has not once, since he made that signing, been questioned about his price tag. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised by that? What does that say a lot about? How he's performing. I think, yeah, he you, he's you're guaranteed a seven out of ten, aren't you? Pretty much every week. Yeah, every week yeah, absolutely. I just wonder. Um, I know they were never really credit with an interest, but I just wonder what a player like Declan Rice. Um, it doesn't have to be him, but just somebody with that mentality would do in a, in the Man United team right now, because he is the exact sort of player that they need. Somebody with a with that Work mentality course. who's Cap- just going to captain as well yeah exactly that yeah. just to fucking batter everyone into line um, and you see the way that Rice is on the pitch off the pitch he is a, a natural leader absolutely and I think that he's um, been very good but to your point Pete on that uh, the reel that you said I, had, I think I had seen it before um, it was Rio Ferdinand basically sort of I think he messaged Declan Rice sort of saying you know that you know, credit to you, no one's talking about your price tag, what you're doing week in, week out, or something like that. And Rice's response was something like, uh, I was doing it at West Ham, it's just no one wanted to watch, or no one wanted to talk about it. I think as well, with, with the greatest respect with Rice at West Ham, 
he was arguably their best player. And did there's, no to, argue, there's no arguing. Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had to raise his standards to be that match winner. Yeah. So he probably did have to push that extra 10%, which yeah. then added on to that price tag. Whereas in that Arsenal team, he, even though he's a very good cog, he's a cog in a machine. Yeah. Where well, they're more team I would, I would Declan Rice being the main man. Yeah, I would love to see what would happen to Arsenal if he was to get injured for a few weeks, would we see what's Similar happened to, to City yeah. Uh, yeah, with Rodri? How how important has he become without us realising mm. in that Arsenal side? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you think Thomas Partey, I mean, has he played? I don't know where he's, he's whether he's injured or he what. He was playing him at like right back, wasn't he? For yeah. A yeah. Wasn't there a rumour going around that he wasn't allowed to play in Spain? Because of his um, charges against. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's been some allegations thrown around about him, and it's all gone a little bit quiet on that. Yeah. Didn't stop Greenwood. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's innocent, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's been acquitted, mate. Guilty, uh, innocent until proven guilty. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that um, Rice has been superb for them. I still think that, as you say, there's that little bit of a spark just missing. Odegaard hasn't quite reached those same levels this season. He's still a very obviously a very good player. Um, but the key thing is, is that they are still winning and they are mm-hmm. still one of only two teams yet to lose this season in Spurs and Arsenal. But lucky last week, didn't they? <laughs> they did get very lucky last week. <laughs> um, so, you know, and we, we always say, if you if you can't win, make sure don't you don't lose. lose. Mm-hmm. And Arsenal at the moment are finding that. And we criticised Arsenal last season for that very thing towards the end of the season where they were winning games and couldn't see them through. Maybe this is... This is what they need to do. It's all very well saying, "Oh, we're you know they're not as easy on the eye. They're not they're not that amazing team that we saw last season." But at the end of the day, that doesn't win them a trophy. The fucking the points and the results do. So it's been a little bit more grip about them. I feel yeah. Unfortunately, like I say, at the Chelsea game, like you see them. I mean, they were. Let's be honest. They were incredibly fortunate in that Chelsea game. Oh, if, if Sanchez doesn't make that mistake, mm-hmm. they lose that game. But then, like you say, you've got a sniff. Then, like I said, it's all well and good again. One goal back, but. I mean, they could have won it in the end. I mean, they had that chance yeah. right at the end, didn't they? Yeah, so that, yeah. that is the marks of a all marks of a good team, isn't it? When you can be out of a game for yeah. so long but then still get in chances. there and yeah. not lose the game. I mean, the Rice goal that he scored. I mean, I wouldn't even almost class that as a chance. No. It was it was just a goal out of complete nothing, yeah. just an instinctive strike. Just a um so yeah i think um i think this is a a very different arsenal we're seeing and maybe this is maybe we should be giving more credit to arteta than perhaps we are and that maybe this is something that he's drilled into this team and said look if we need to sacrifice a small element of our creative flair and the way that we play because we're maybe a little bit too open we need to like dial it back a little bit to become harder to beat and make sure we win more games maybe this is the new Arsenal this season, who knows? So, right, okay, uh, that's another one of our teams down. Let's talk about another one Wolves 2, Newcastle 2. Uh, so, Shira, it's been a while since you've obviously been on the show to talk about Newcastle. Since you were last here, and I think the last time you were here, I think Newcastle had that sort of stuttering start to the season. Yeah. Um, very much put that to bed since you've since you've been here. They've had some brilliant results, brilliant performances, obviously not just in the Premier League, but in Europe as well. Yeah. Um, would how would you class this game? Is this a blip? Is this uh? Is this just one of those days? I think when you have a look at our what's happened recently with us and the injury list, we've started to kind of get now. I think a draw away from home against Wolves, who have who did play us off the park at times, I think is a good point. Um, I did have a look at a stat the other 
day that we're actually two points better off this season at this stage than we were last year. So that sort of tells you what the other teams in front of you are doing. Oh, absolutely. Then. Like I said, when um, I came on at that point, I did to say that I think the other teams have caught up. They've bought more players in. They've got the money compared to us within the FFP side of things to get those players. Like I said, especially, as I said, Aston Villa, I think they've got one of the best squads all round. And like I said, I think that's then been a little bit harder for us, especially now that Tenali's going to be out for a whole season in a bit. Yeah, so I, I think a draw was a good result for us and for Wolves, to be honest with you. I mean, they, they came into it in good form. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like I said, I know we lost to Dortmund in the Champions League, but we had our chances to draw and even to win at the end, so... <coughs> I think it looked jaded and a bit, like, oh. top leggy. Well, the, like I say, the team that we played, he only made one sub in that game. Mm. Whereas he's, I think we had six fullbacks on the bench. It's the worst I've seen Trippier play as well. We oh, he was give the ball away. He, even our fans did say that was the worst he's played. But I don't think he's. I think there's only one game he didn't he hasn't started this season, and that was the City game and the cup that Livermento played. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, overall, I think Newcastle can be very pleased with their start start to the season, scoring freely, um, defensively, not quite as solid as they were last season, but not a million miles from it either, obviously with the in, taking the injuries into consideration as well. Um, let's talk about that penalty, shall we? Stonewall. <laughs> uh, if you can take your Newcastle hat off for just a moment. Um, I was never a penalty. Yeah, I mean, never a penalty. Is there? Can anybody give me any shred? I mean, I think we can all agree maybe wh why it was given initially. Because mm -hmm. in real time, the referee, you could probably think, yeah, it looks like he's yeah. swung through yeah, and looks, hit him. Uh, in real time, if you saw it, you could say, right, yeah, that's definitely a penalty because he's gone to swing and he's obviously he's made contact. He's timed it, yeah. But he, you can see when it's one time when you do slow it down, you can see, yeah, he's pulled, he's pulled away. away from it. Yeah. And who was it that went down? Cher. Cher. He was already going down before any sort of contact was made at all. Yeah. So fully agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, I don't want to get back in the VR conversation again, but it's one of those clear and obvious errors. Do they come much more clear and obvious than that to, to overturn that? Are you some, I mean, for me, I, I think the biggest thing here is why have they not asked the referee? Just look, we're not 100% sure of this. You might just want to go and have a quick check. Go and check, make sure you're 100% sure. I don't see why they can't do that. Why does it have to be. VAR that decides that why can't they just say to the ref look we think you should check should it down to the ref he's the one who's there in the moment yeah. he's that like you said that comes into the emotion of it all isn't it that he's in there full speed he knows how the players are with each team at the minute compared to maybe that's why they do it so there's a person in Georgia Park wherever it is that's not within that emotion that can maybe see it in a different way but mm. I'll say it's a different way to what everybody else is seeing yeah, indeed. Um, Pete, how impressed have you been with Gary O'Neill and the job that he's doing at Wolves? I love that he's doing better with Wolves now. I mean, he had a. We can go back and say about that Bournemouth. I don't. I don't want to be sticking with his name in Bournemouth anymore. <laughs> he, yeah, we all know he didn't deserve to lose that. Um, yeah, I think he's he's turned Wolves. Round pretty well. Uh, I didn't expect them to be flying up the table and in Europe by any means, but mm. um, I think they've probably got a little bit fortunate with the the form of um, was it 
Wang Li Chang. Yes, he is suddenly come. It was uh, yeah, absolutely. It was he sat and sat Dan down. Burn. Yeah, big down. There's a bit of a redemption actually from that from penalty, penalty to get an um, equaliser for sure. Yeah, no, some some good performances in in the team, but they're very. Um, they could put in a good performance one week and then be totally drab the next. Yeah. So I'd like to see a bit more consistency from them. I know they're coming in in good form, but it's just a question of whether they can carry that on. Yeah, I don't know whether you guys happen to see it, but Gary O'Neill, I think, was on Monday Night Football last yeah. week, yeah, I think yeah. he was. Yeah, um, and it was quite interesting to listen to him because it's very easy to, to, to look at a manager like Gary O'Neill because of his age, because of experience and think that he's probably not good enough for that level. But then you listen to what he says and you see the way he analyzes the game and the way he does it with the tactics. You think actually he could be a really good manager. Really I mean, yeah. he, um, I can't remember which it was the Bournemouth game. I think it was, wasn't it? That he was analyzing. And he said that we knew that there was a potential way that we could, uh, you know, we could get yeah, at them. Yeah. Um, and he literally was telling us how he did the training drills to exploit that. And then they showed you like five or six examples in the game of exactly that, you know, what he was teaching. Yeah. And you think fair play. I mean, that's, you know, maybe we're, maybe we're underestimating the level of, of Premier League coaches and what they need to do at that level. But it, I thought it was still really impressive and, and quite a good game to analyze considering he's the one that made them less shit last season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, but obviously the big, Blow for Wolves, without a doubt, is the injury to uh, Neto. Mm. Um, he has been very, very good for them this season. Do we think that this is going to be a, you know, a key thing for them? Are we going to see a real impact with him not being around now for a little loss. while? Huge loss of him gone. When when he came off the pitch, we considerably got better, and we looked more likely to get the three points compared to them. But when he was on the pitch, he was running us ragged. Yeah, he's one of the best ball carriers I've seen so far this season yeah I, I was very happy that he went off injured at that point for us yeah uh, for Wolves and for him I think he's a very good player and he is a player I could see in the top team mm. if he wasn't as injury prone this is as the, he is I was about to say he he's had basically one quite bad injury almost every year um, and unfortunately if he's done a proper job on his hamstring which it looked like he might have done yeah. that could easily be two or three months he, we might not see, we might not see him again until February um, so that is a massive blow. Speed back into yeah, exactly. No, but he's a very very good player. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Wolves can cope with that with, without him um, going forward. Now, now that Shear is here, yes, we spoke about it briefly last week with Tanali. Where do you stand on all of this? Because we said <laughs> about um, you know if he was to get the ban, which I believe it's a suspended. He was allowed to play that one game and then yeah, ten months. Yeah. So if he is, or if Milan are found guilty. Yeah. What do you expect from that? And how do you feel about the whole thing? I messaged you, Chris. You I, pretty much straight away, didn't as you? As soon as I had a whiff of it, I just thought, something doesn't sit right with me. The fact that they've investigated 40-odd players in this space of time, to me, there must have been something going on for, the, for when we bought him. It's the way they, they forced him out of the club. Yeah, like I said... To force a guy who's a Milan boyhood supporter, who was a, their captain, who was moulded to be the next kind of Gattuso sort of player. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's available. That, for me, was a bit like... what? what... But do you expect them to, to delve deeper into it? 100%. I, I think, for us, especially with the type of money that we have at our disposal, to be able to get 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> into it. For me, whether it's his agent, Milan themselves, because I think Milan came out and said, oh, we were surprised about it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like, mm, are you? So for me, I feel like there is something else going on there. And for me, I feel the fairest thing would be the fact that they get some sort of point deduction in their league. Because I feel like it is Both? a bit of, I think it's some sort of, some level of cheating. The fact that they knew potentially that their player was going to get found out. The Italian strictness of what the betting is on that side of things, they were essentially knew that they were going to lose a player for a year. So they're going to ship him off and make 50 million off him, send him off to somewhere else. Lo and behold, we find out we're in the same Champions League group. So <laughs> yeah, you couldn't, couldn't make that, that shit up. So that's you? detrimental to us on, straight away. So surely there's got to be something there on the lines of cheating. So I want, I want my 90-day guarantee money back. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like for them, they need to have a bigger punishment if Just it is found. On that point, I mean... I. Obviously, this is fairly unprecedented. If this was to to be true, yeah. this is a pretty unprecedented situation mm. where a team is has been found to sort of get the inside track of something like this coming yeah. and then act in such a way. Do you see a scenario where Newcastle could claim that this transfer therefore is null and void and actually send him back? Because it does it. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the legal talk on this yeah. at all. But it feels to me like you know. I don't. Again, I don't know what the legal talk is, but it feels like that you've been sold something that you weren't fully aware of. Yeah. And if you think of another walk of life, if we were to buy something, mm. let's say you bought a car, you want your refund? Or- yeah. If if you bought a car and then three months later you find out that the manufacturer knew about a brake problem, yeah. and you just stuck it in a tree because your brakes didn't work, you'd be getting your money back. Yeah. Obviously, it's a bit harder to kind of. It's to pr- it's proving it, isn't it? This is the biggest problem. And that's the thing. I feel there will be some sort of investigation into it. And I've, like I said, Italian football has never been that clean. <laughs> it's never been clean. If we're looking, at it, we're looking at it, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, when you have a look at the Juventus like mm. buying the league when they bought all the referees to get their results, this is it's not that far of a stretch. No. Which that, I don't think. Well, do you not feel like a fair approach to it would be if supposing you haven't paid all that money already yeah. to him if you've done it in stages in stages that you say right well the, the rest of that is, is done now and uh-huh. you get him for a fraction of the cost I want my money back I want the money back we keep the player and Milan they knew about it should pay some money to him to help with the gambling addiction with the rehabilitation because mm-hmm. I, I, as a club especially with Eddie Howe and the owners I do feel like they will wrap him up in cotton wool. They will look after him and they will try and make him better. Regardless, it's going to be difficult. Though. I mean, if you remember back to that, um, the the fellow that came over from Nantes to Cardiff. Yes. Oh, ne- uh, Miliano Salah. He never made it and that's still ongoing to this day. Mm-hmm. I thought that had been settled now. I thought it was... Um, it went to the court. It went to court. I'm sure it was Cardiff who had to pay up. Yeah, so... How many years has that taken? Yeah, it took, it did take several years. Um, yeah, and um, this is the problem is that whenever you've got two teams involved, especially two teams with big resources, is that this they both lawyer up and this takes a long time to go through the court. So tonight will probably be back playing for a year yeah. before this gets sorted out. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, look, this is all hypothetical. We don't know yet what this is, but I guarantee that if Newcastle get a whiff of foul play here yeah. from Macy Milan, that they're going to be all it. over it and they'll be looking at every every possibility to make sure that Newcastle are very well compensated for this. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting. I know you said about the points deduction for Milan. I don't see that happening. Mm. It, I'm it, For me, a very big fine yeah. probably will be the more likely outcome. Um, because I think you you be it'd be difficult to make a case to say that AC Milan have somehow gained on the pitch for this. Well, the amount of players that they've brought in with the money from him have then benefited their performances on the pitch. This like is true. Pulisic, Loftus Cheek, to name a few. Quality players. <laughs> they, they have. They've performed for Milan. Yeah, they've yeah. done very well with the money from that. Mm. So yeah, that's a fair point. And at the end of the, like I said to you. I know it's bold, but it's cheating. Mm-hmm. It is cheating. Like I said, cheating and Italian league go hand in hand. So I do feel like there is going to be something that comes from it. Do sure up on the standing court. Yeah. I'd be very good. Cool Call to the stand. Josh Brown to testify. I'd, I'd be there for hours. They'd have to drag me out. But it does leave a hole now in our midfield that I feel like we need to refill yes. in January. So that, that now obviously is uh, is now where the focus is going to be and FFP is still a consideration for Newcastle. So I don't see you dipping into the transfer market in January for a purchase. I see a loan incoming for Newcastle. Yeah, I saw a thing about Ronaldo. Something to do with him coming over because it's because of Saudi. Yeah. But I saw something about that with um, Ruben Neves, yeah, which I would be very happy. With. See, I've said this to you before. Yeah. Um, we know that FFP is something that Newcastle have to be aware of at this point. They can't yeah. just go out and buy everybody. Of course, yeah. Um, so for this situation to have happened, where Ruben Neves is plucked out of Wolves for however many million it was, like yeah. 30, 40 million, whatever it was. To go to Saudi Arabia, all of a sudden it's now. Didn't he come out and say it was a dream to play for Newcastle the other day? Was it him that said it? I know someone said. Someone it. said it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you see that. Yeah. And you think that it's just to me it's very very fishy that he said that, and then all of a sudden he then you know potentially will make a loan move probably in January to to Newcastle, and then a permanent transfer in the summer for a fraction of what it cost Saudi to buy him. Let's see how it plays out, but if that does happen, that's uh, then, very, very fishy. But then the same again, like with our FFP side of things, like to sell St. Maximin for the low amount that we did. How much did you get for him? I think it was like 25 mil. That's, that's a, a steal. I think I've overpaid for him myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> how long do you have left in his contract? A few years. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, there's talks of obviously, like we said, Neves. Maybe Neves Calvin and Phillips. Calvin Phillips were the, the, the big names mm. as replacements. Yeah. Calvin Phillips, I think, would be... I think Eddie Howe would really get a tune out of Calvin Phillips. And that's the thing. I think Calvin Phillips played well under Bielsa because it was that high-intensity, yeah. 100 miles an hour, go, go, go. Whereas at City, as I mentioned before, I think there are some players who play better when they have time and they can think about what they can do, whereas some players play better on instinct. Yeah. And I think he's an instinct player. Yeah, well, the, the rumours about um, us swapping Pakatar for Calvin Phillips won't go away. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. If I'm, actually, no, that's not true. I do know how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't want to lose Pakatar uh, for Calvin but Phillips. Wasn't he under investigation for betting as well? And that's why City didn't 
Finally. Yeah, that's why yeah. they didn't get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. So that's all gone very quiet, but the yeah. the differences with him is that this is primarily his family that have been betting and they're trying to prove that Pakatar had involvement in it. Mm. So it wasn't it wasn't Pakatar himself making the bets. So they're now trying to prove whether he was actively involved in the, the match fixing. I think it would become match fixing, not betting. I think it's yeah. probably more what it's going to be. Um, it has gone very quiet. And now West Ham are also using this opportunity because obviously we've just given this big deal to Bowen yeah. for like seven years or whatever it is. We're trying to tie Pakatar down now to a long-term deal and making him the top earner of the club to get rid of the release clause in his contract because his release clause is like 85 mil, That's not that which much. isn't a Compared great... to the big teams. For, exactly. City would have paid that in the summer, I'm sure of it. Um, so uh, yeah and obviously you know Pakatar plays in a variety of attacking positions and Calvin Phillips plays on the bench so I don't really want to swap They're just not, it's not a like for like swap all jokes aside so no, it, would, it would not be a good transfer for us uh, right okay let's move on um, Bell, uh, Bournemouth Burnley don't worry we'll get to West Ham in a minute I'm saving them <laughs> till last um, Bournemouth Burnley um, we sort of touched on the the VAR thing so I'm not I'm not proposing we talk about that again but this is a big win for Bournemouth, but it feels like a bit of a stay of execution mm. for Iriola. I didn't really see... I mean, it's a fantastic goal from uh, from Billing. Uh, obviously, a weekend of that with Harry Kane doing that in the uh, in mm-hmm. the Bundesliga game. Um, did we learn anything about either of these two teams, Pete, that we didn't already know, do you think? Not really. I mean, fairly equal game I, in respect. I mean, I, I still think Bernie's goal should have stood. Yeah wasn't offside. I mean, if you have to spend five minutes working on a line to work out if it's offside or not, mm. just give it as onside. It's just pointless. Um, the only thing with that, I will say, last thing with that, is it was actually given as offside on the pitch, wasn't it? Yes. So I think if it's taken that long, you just go with the, the on-field, on-field decision. Yeah, so yeah. if it's given as a goal, it's a goal. If it's given as offside, it's offside. Yeah. If it's that tight... Mm-hmm. I think that, that's a fair it. argument, but once we then see the lines, everyone's mm. opinions then change. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Bournemouth were um, pretty good in parts of the game. Burnley were good in parts of the game. Um, it was just one of those bog-standard six-point um, much-needed games at the bottom of the league, really. Yeah, I feel like this. it, it actually felt like a bigger game for Burnley than it did Bournemouth. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Burnley have had, as we've spoken about on many occasions, they've had a horrific fixture list to start the season. And we've spoken about the importance of getting some wins under your belt. So I know they've beaten uh, Luton this season already, but another team down the bottom. Exactly, and and if if Burnley do want to get out of of trouble like any of the others, these are the games you have to make sure you win. And I don't know. I I still. I think we all thought that Burnley were going to be that team this season that maybe would be the best of the three that come up. And I'm just not seeing enough from Burnley at the moment. I feel like they need to. They something needs to change there. He's too set in his way of trying to play the same way they played when they came up. Yeah. They're not good enough. It feels like Norwich. It's a step. And yeah, yeah. They need to do something different. It feels like the Daniel Farker Norwich mm. scenario. Well, mind you, they beat City. That was their big day out. This is they? true. <laughs> Where, where's Burnley's big day out going to come this season? When are they playing Man United? Well, that's about to say you. So yeah, I think that Bournemouth, oh. I don't think this is going to really change anything from, from Bournemouth's manager's point of view I still think he's going to be close to the chop with, with Hecky yeah. Botham um, I don't know I, I just I wonder I'd, I'd love to be able to talk you know be a fly on the wall in the Bournemouth boardroom and just 
see whether they regret what they've done with Gary O'Neill. I can't get my head around it because it must have been around this sort of time that um, he was sacked and then Gary O'Neill came in. Yeah. And they've just gone full circle the next season round. Yeah. But this is the danger, isn't it? When when teams at the bottom end of the league, they they feel like they have to roll the dice. With American owners now as with, well. Especially with American, yeah, with American owners, you know, they come with a, a certain um stereotype, <laughs> let's say, in terms of how they approach football management. Um but it, teams down at the bottom do tend to roll the dice a lot earlier than other teams do because they are desperate to stay in the league because of the amount of money involved in staying in the league. But the, the the longer this goes on, and the longer that you know, obviously they I know they got their first win of the weekend here, but it just hasn't felt like any any part of this decision has paid off in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Um, the players they brought in haven't been particularly uh, brilliant. I've not obviously Justin Cliver, not really done anything, has he? Um, and it just feels really stale at the moment with Bournemouth. I think that's probably the best word to yeah, use. Yeah. Um, poor old Billing though what a boring career <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how long has he been there now he's been there several years hasn't he what one of their best players if not their best player mm. he's all, all he, could, he could definitely be a mid-table team player he's just never never made the move from sorry old Bournemouth <laughs> how depressing <laughs> Uh, right, moving on. <laughs> uh, right, come on then. Let's get it out of the way. West Ham, Everton. Um, speaking of depressing. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of depressing. Fucking right. So, before I go off on my tangent, um, I'll come to you guys first. <laughs> Big win for Everton, first of all. And to be honest, full disclosure, I thought they were fully deserving of these three points. West Ham didn't deserve a thing from this game. Um Though the problem is, is that I'm just I'm constantly in this state of fluctuation between what I want from West Ham and what I want from our manager, and it's just so frustrating that that we've got this team now that is quite capable of being a top seven, top eight team, and we just don't seem to utilize it. And I'm I'm becoming more and more frustrated again. You know, going full circle with this again because we did start the season quite well. We were playing counter-attacking football, which I don't particularly like us playing, but it was effective. It was working. And now we've just, we've hit that wall again. And it is like last season is repeating itself. What do you, I mean, where, where do West Ham stand in your guys? eyes? What, what do you think needs to happen with West Ham? Is it a case of just moving the manager on? Is this, you know, don't, don't, don't throw your toys out the pram too quickly sort of thing here. It was a terrible performance to start off with. I mean, the amount of mistakes that you made at the back, the decisions as well, like the tactical decisions when you, you, you're going for brilliant areas in the free kick and you've got Ward Prowse over the ball and he's not taking it. Yeah, that did frustrate me I don't me understand that. Antonio is a shadow of what he was at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Pakatar actually had a terrible game, which surprisingly. Yeah. Our only good player, yes, it was Kudus. Yes. Yeah. He was the only bright spark in the game. Uh, yeah, it was just... I think I, I saw your post actually as well and I was like oh it couldn't have been that bad I watched the highlight it was that bad <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that Kudos was lucky to stay on the field would you think but did he already was he already booked when he did that like trick and he trod on top of Matey's foot uh, no, I, I didn't think that was a red card I'm that. pretty sure I don't think he got booked not that I remember anyway because I don't think that was a red card oh no he wasn't a yellow from early no you're right, right. okay because some, uh, 
when I was listening to it on TalkSport or whatever it was, there was um, someone said, "Oh, yeah, he's lucky to be on the on the pitch." It's interesting because they didn't they didn't seem to make much of that um, at the time, unless maybe at how because I was I was at my dad's house, I was helping him move some furniture around, so maybe I missed that particular part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the, I think the biggest problem with this is that we knew what Everton were going to do. But the problem is, is that they also knew exactly what we were going to do. Mm. It, it was, it was a, the game was a complete reflection of two teams who, quite frankly, neither of them wanted the ball. You, mm. you could easily see a situation where one team kicks off and just kicks it to the other team because they're just quite happy actually them have the ball rather than rather than us. That's the thing. West Ham aren't used to having more possession. No, sixty percent possession. Like, what do we do? With yeah, this? I, I, I don't we can't think counter attack. No, I don't think we've <laughs> had a game outside of the Luton game away from home, which we had the similar problem where we didn't really create a great deal. We've not had more than maybe forty percent possession in almost any game we played this season. So, do you, do you think their goal should have stood? Uh, Calvin Lewin's goal because the build up to it, personally for me, I thought it was a foul on Antonio. Yeah, no, for me. I almost, I almost wanted. I'm, I'm almost happy it went in because Antonio's pissing me off. <laughs> um, because this guy is, you know, he 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 sort of dines out off the fact that he's this big, strong striker who can hold the ball up, who can run channels, mm-hmm. do all this kind of stuff. You know, he makes a big deal out of it on the podcast he does with yeah. Callum Wilson. Um, Callum Wilson must be laughing himself to sleep. He, does, he absolutely rips him most like, weeks about. <laughs> you can't take Antonio seriously when he's having bets with Wilson. I'll score more goals than you have. He's literally Callum Wilson could retire now, and he would, Antonio still wouldn't score as many goals as in this season. He's, I think Callum Wilson's now moved third top goal scorer of Newcastle's history. Now. Seven mm-hmm. goals now. Mm-hmm. Seven goals this season. I think Antonio's got two. And you think he Callum Wilson hasn't been the main starter? No, Isaac's been. He's got the best minutes per goal ratio of any striker in the league, isn't he, or any player in the league? Um, like I said a lot of teams are missing that sort of striker, and like you say, Antonio's not that one for you. No, and the, the problem is, is that. You said you alluded to earlier that at the start of the season he was very good, but the problem is, as I said before, is he, it's it's becoming his day less and less and less, mm-hmm. and it does at the moment feel like West Ham are effectively playing without a striker because you play Antonio for sixty minutes and he comes off because he's done literally nothing. His hold up play is non-existent, which was one of the only real good things about him was that mm-hmm. he could bully defenders, link in play a little bit, even if he wasn't scoring himself. We've lost that. He then basically plays without a striker for 20 minutes because he brings Ben Rama on who plays out in the wing and he's either playing Kudas through the middle or Bowen through the middle both of which are then completely taken out of the game because they're both far better running at players than they are playing with their back to goal and then he brings on Danny Ings for four minutes at the end and Danny Ings cannot play up front on his own he needs a second person up there to, to feed off of so and yet we've got Mabama sitting on the bench who was unbelievable in pre-season he still hasn't played a fucking minute for West Ham not even in Europe he's not even played a minute in of football for West Ham and I just don't get it because David Moyes wants an Antonio-like striker and you've got one in Mabama except that he can actually control a ball and run whereas Antonio doesn't seem he, he <laughs> looks 34 now like in fairness to him he's been an amazing <laughs> servant for us yeah that old Antonio? Yeah. Well, no, it's not that old. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. We just fucking sign you, Lee. There you go. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a very frustrating situation at West Ham, but it's the performances that are becoming more concerning because we were awful in midweek against Olympiacos because he refuses to change anything in the Premier League and then he throws all these players in in Europe 
and expects them to perform. And they don't, like, they don't get any minutes anywhere else. It's not really fair on them. So, yeah, look, we've got a okay run of fixtures coming up now where we're not playing any of the big boys, I don't think. And we might have one big team in the coming weeks. Arsenal's Cup. Um, Brentford away is going to be tough, although Brentford have been pretty poor at home this season. Yeah, we've got we've got a good run. We've got Brentford, Forest, Burnley, uh, Palace, Spurs, Fulham. So it's it's a better run of games now. But then, we we have to find some wins in there to get some to confidence say, if going. If you don't back. get the results, then that run of games that possibly could get some points in. After that, it's going to be even harder for you to then get the momentum back. It absolutely is, and West Ham's hierarchy are going to have a decision to make because Moyes is out of contract at the end of the season anyway. Well, what, what's your personal thought about it then? Would you stick with him? No. Or would you, you'd get rid? Well, hang on a bit. Are you saying at the end of the season or now? Now. <laughs> um, right now. I think... If you had the choice now. I wouldn't do it right now unless they've got a plan as to who they're going to bring in. Because if they just did it now, I'd be worried that West Ham would then yeah. just go out and try and find somebody to plug the gap till the end of the season. Who, who would they put in for that? I don't know. Well, the the only thing that gives me hope is that our new director of football has a very different approach to things, and I think he is leading the recruitment side of things. And we obviously we have recruited really well player wise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the rumor were, was that we were he was going to try and use his connections at Leverkusen to bring Xabi Alonso over. I would love that to happen because he is tearing the place up at the in the Bundesliga at the moment. Would he go there? Do you think, Xavi? I I think he would, but I think he would only see us as a stepping stone to potentially somewhere like Madrid or Liverpool. Um, but frankly, I don't care. We just got to put us on the on the path. If not him, Graham Potter still available. Um, you, you'd have Graham Potter. I think so. I think he would he would do a far better job at West Ham than he did at Chelsea. I think he would he could treat it's us. Not out, yeah, it's true. <laughs> he could he could treat us a bit like a uh, a Brighton, yeah. because there isn't as much. There's obviously there's nowhere near as much pressure at West Ham as there is at Chelsea, and he would get get as long as we're not down the bottom end of the table. He would get the time at West Ham, and I do think that if we were to play that sort of brand of football, like he was getting Brighton to play, with respect to Brighton at the time, the uh-huh. players we've got player for player anyway, I would say are better. Chabby Maybe Alonso not necessarily right now because Brighton are a better team than West Ham are right now. Xavi Alonso at West Ham. That'd be fucking fitting though, wouldn't it? I'd literally... Imagine all those East London. All right, Xavi. All right, more Xavi. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, thinking of the uh, the TikToks from Danny Dyer on that one. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Xavi, my son, all right? We'll yeah. Have to, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but, you know, we've lost four of the last six... Um, which is not good, and I really do think. Did you uh, see that goal as well? Is that Skamaka? Did yeah. you see it? Oh, <laughs> come back, please! Oh, it's so frustrating. So, but yeah, look, whoever comes in, I really want them to um, to take a better approach with our youth team as well because we've got some really good youth players. You still just still not get the league on the, the youth Premier League, aren't you? Callum Marshall and our youngsters is is mm. smashing the place mm. up. And at the moment, Moyes is just refusing to use any of our younger players. Um, so whoever comes in, I hope they do dip into that a little bit. Because at the moment, <laughs> what have we got to fucking lose? None of our strikers are scoring. What's he got to lose by throwing Mabama in and seeing how he gets on? I just don't get it. But uh, anyway, uh, just quickly with Everton, though. Um, Sean Deitch, that's three wins in the last six, three losses. 
Um, Almost make all the points they can get when yeah. they uh, get their deduction. Yeah, yeah which is very true. Um, but you know, the one thing that has really helped them is a bit of a return to form and fitness from Calvert Lewin. Yeah, great goal. Absolutely. Really good goal. Yeah, very, very, very good goal. Um, if they can keep him fit, do you see Everton maybe surpassing maybe our expectations? I think we all kind of see them dancing around that relegation zone this season. But can, could Calvert Lewin fire them a little bit higher if he stays fit? No. Nope. Still going to be flirting around relegation. Just above it. They're not going to get relegated. They're just going to be a bang average, boring. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. I think if there were better teams, if the teams that came up played better, then they would be be in trouble. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you want a funny stat, actually, as well? Go on, then. I'll give you an added stat. The only teams in uh, professional uh, football not to win a game this season are Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday... And as an added little stat as well, Sheffield FC, they've not won any games and they're all bottom of the league. <laughs> so Sheffield is a sorry place to be living right now. It was, from what I understand, it was a, not a very good place to live even before that. So <laughs> I, I don't see, I'm hearing about it. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. There goes our Sheffield branch. <laughs> <laughs> all two of them. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Uh, we were going to talk about Spurs, um, but uh, I think we've probably just about done enough on the Premier League football. Um, sure. So we'll have to talk oh, about Sheffield. Spurs another time. But they continue to fly. Angie's continuing to do an amazing job. Lee, I know you were bursting to talk about them, but we're left. I'm sorry, but we're we'll going to have to do this. Stop. Yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, exactly. If they lose next week, we'll go. We'll put them on first for you. Then. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Uh, let's begin to round out the show. And first of all, we'll start with this. Damn the stat, man! Thinking, do I need to um, superimpose that and change the Dan? To no, you do not. No, this is Dan's. <laughs> this is Dan's segment. <laughs> right. So Erling Haaland has reached twenty away goals in twenty-three games in the Premier League. But what are the four remaining players that occupy the top five? So we're looking for basically players who have got to twenty away goals in, in the, the quickest, quickest time. time yeah. Whoa. Salah must be there. Nope. No. Shearer. Nope. Um, um, nope. Some really ob- obscure ones, isn't it? No. Um, I'm just trying to think of the top Premier League goal scorers. Henri. Two of them are like fairly recent. One, no, not Henri. Shit. Andy Cole. No. Dwight York. No. Bannister Roy. No. Van Persie. No. Dan's made this really hard. Son of a bitch. He's sitting there laughing oh. to himself right now. Gerard? How many have we got for? Four. Four. Gerard? No. Lampard? No. Ferdinand? Les? No. I love how you do that to um, tag that with Les, in case he thought you meant Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> or Anton. <laughs> Goal scoring extraordinary. Yes, to any. <laughs> Diego West Ham legend. Diego Costa is one of them. Ooh. Iron Robin? No. Drogba? No. Just no. Just said Drogba oh, was she? Was, I don't know. Okay. Was he shit at the start, was he? Yeah, you probably think about players that came into the Premier League and you know, took it by storm. As, yeah. Uh, Are they all quite recent? Or? Uh, there's one more recent one and then one probably from like nearly 10 years ago and then one further back. Vardy? No. Chill. A very good shout. Hasselbank? Zola? 
No, no. Uh, Give us a nationality of one. So, uh, the most recent one has played for Arsenal. Mm. Sanchez? No. Adebayor? No. Jesus? No. Uh, Drives a Lamborghini most of the time. As an absolute fucking muppet. Absolute fucking muppet. And he's the he's the recent he, one. He's the most recent one. Yeah. Does he play for Arsenal currently? No, no, no. How recent are we talking? Last few years. Well, he's played for Chelsea as well. With uh, come on then, who's Chelsea had off of Arsenal, or vice versa? Tab Tab Luis. <laughs> Petre <laughs> he's playing at Marseille now done Barcelona didn't you say Sanchez it's not Sanchez. he didn't, he didn't play for Chelsea, Chelsea. Chelsea. Oh. Well, give up on him I can't think who yeah. that second one of it so he's played for Arsenal he's now he's at Marseille last couple of years Marseille no he went Arsenal Barcelona Chelsea and now he's at Marseille Oh, uh, Aubameyang. Aubameyang. That's oh, the most recent one. Oh, brushed him for more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another, another legend from Arsenal. Bergkamp? No. Right sort of time. Uh, Anelka? No. Oh, Anelka. Um, Jungberg? No. Perez? Mm-hmm. Is it that from that era, though? Carney? No. Reyes? No wanko carney, what's it? <laughs> no. Um Ian Wright. Yeah. Oh well done. I was a bit before that. And th- this is the one that I don't think anyone's gonna get. Is he a name that we would know when you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or, and how this one's the furthest one back. Mm-hmm. So we're talking early days of Premier League, like ninety two. Uh, well time. actually no, I think he I'm sure he stopped in twenty fifteen. Oh, okay. Oh. But that was like right uh, twenty twenty fourteen he retired with Leicester. Retired with Leicester. David Nugent. No. Fucking <laughs> uh, legend. He is. Massive old chin on as well. <laughs> the crimson chin. Great jawline. <laughs> Some good filling work there from you, Pete. Just keep, keep talking about people's appearance while we try and work this out. <laughs> so he retired with Leicester. In 2014. I mean, still, that's nine years ago. Played for... Uh, that really uh, shit team Phillips? up north as well. Oh. Kevin Phillips? Kevin Phillips. Very well done, sir. There we go. Like a Sunderland. <laughs> oh, Trying to get some brownie points from Shearer. Macken. There we go. That's them. Yeah, so Harland, Kevin Phillips is second, Ian Wright, Diego Costa and Aubameyang. There we go. Uh, do you have a quiz for us this evening, Pete? I do indeed. Lovely. Right. Well, let's round out the show with this. Welcome back to the quiz, you two. Um, I can't remember who won it last time, but what are you thinking about? Just we'll just say that Lee won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've kept the uh, Chelsea and Newcastle puns out of this quiz because we want them back next week, and honestly, 
Yeah, exactly. I don't want him to lay me out. Yeah, so. be, be, be nice to him. Be nice to him. Um, so we'll uh, slag him off in the chat later. <laughs> so there's no. Uh, just give me your answers whenever you want on these ones. We'll say at the same time. There are, I think, there's one or two in here that I want the quickest answer for. Okay. Uh, so question number one. Alan Shearer holds the record for being the highest Premier League goal scorer with a record-breaking 260 goals. But what current Premier League player is the closest to him? What current Premier League player is the closest to him? Flex points, if you can guess the goal Ooh. tally. Can't <laughs> be very high. So Alan Shearer's got 260. What current Premier League player is the closest to him? I think one who's been there for a while. Mm. I think Harry Kane. Mo, it's got to be Mo. Second. It's got to be Mo Salah, isn't it? Is it Mo Salah. Well, all oh. the answers. That's that. That's your guess. Okay. All right. Go on. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Mo Salah. Okay. It's not a bad shout, is it? Mm. I can't think of anyone that would really have more than. There's one other I can think of, but I don't think he's got more than Salah. Five more seconds, go on. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Sarah as well, I think. Yeah. I'll, I'll go Callum Wilson. <laughs> okay. Please don't tell me it's human son. <laughs> it's not. It is a player named Mohamed Salah. Lovely. You were right. Any, have a guess on the goal tally? So uh, Shearer's got 260. I would say 135. Okay. I'll go one, two, seven. Okay. These are these are only flex points. These don't count. One hundred and twelve. I said Chris is the closest. One hundred and forty-seven. Is it really? Three away it's from the one fifty. Yeah, really? that's not bad. That's really good. Yeah, I don't think. Does it say you got how many games he's played to hand? No. That. Okay. Yeah, that's just Premier League goal as well. Mm. Okie dokie. So that's Chris one nil. And Lee, Lee got it as well. Well, no, you got the closest. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. So, I'm, no, I, that's just that was just flex So, right. <laughs> so Shearer's she lo she losing is what we're saying. Yes. I don't follow the crowd, right? <laughs> <laughs> Be bold. Question number two, which is worth two points. Oh. Lovely. So, I want to know: Has Haaland scored more goals, the same amount of goals, or less goals than Manchester United combined? More. I had the table up a minute ago, didn't I? It's not there this now. Is for two points. No, I'm not saying more. I can't okay. remember United scoring. So has Harlan scored? Well, bearing in mind we saw earlier that their strikers combined have only yeah. got one. I'm pretty sure McTominay is their top scorer with three. Yeah, I said. I, I say that Harlan scored Harlan more. Eight, isn't he? I think Harlan's got more. So oh, actually, if he's only got same eight, as. I'm going to go the same as. Okay, so you go more. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. To make it interesting, you should go less. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to go. I, this I, is for two points. You should go less, and then we. I feel like each. he wouldn't ask this question if it was less. <laughs> oh, believe me, I was. There was <laughs> uh, a fair few teams that I wanted to put in here, but <laughs> I'll go. Just because Dan's not here, I thought I'd just chuck this one. <laughs> Helping. Go on, I'll go. I'll go less. Less. Same. And I'll go more. So we've all got a different answer. So. Uh, Lee wins it. Oh, the same. But how many how many goals do you reckon? It's eight. It's not eight. Is it eleven? Eleven. Yeah. Nice. 
That's actually embarrassing that United have only scored 11 goals. Yeah, I think their defenders have scored more than their strikers this season so far. That's mad. <clears throat> right, so that is uh, three to Lee now. Three to Lee. Yes. Lee Cole scores goals. Yeah. Scores goals and wins quizzes. I heard you like these, so it's anagram time. Mm. You've got to get your phones out, please. This is for three points. Let's go. Okay. So the anagram is a football club. And the word is synthetic cream. I can spell that if you wish. I think autocorrect's got it for me. Okay, so it's S-Y-N-T-H-E-T-I-C. C R E A M, synthetic cream. Sorry, this is a football team. Is a football team. I'm not going to give you the um, the letters just yet. Is it Premier League? Can I? Are we, yeah. What we do? Are we calling out when we got it or first? First, Manchester City. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You saw the Y, didn't you? Not many teams with Y in there, mate. Uh, well, I saw the C I T Y. Uh, and then yeah. thought, well, who, okay, what's the rest of them left? Okay, yeah, so Man City, so Chris 4, Lee 3, Shearer, Neil. Come on, Shearer, you got to get a I'm point. I'm back next week. Okay. <laughs> you will. Well, you can still win it, mate, because <laughs> question four is for four points. Oh, this is a special because Dan's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's wishing I'd done it. <laughs> right, so put your phones away for this one. I want the quickest answer, please, so shout when you know it. Who am I? Correct, he's got it. No, I am 37 years old. I'm in the Premier League Hall of Fame. I have won four Premier League titles. I have also won a World Cup. So, first to answer. I am a manager. Vincent Company. Okay, now give him a chance, would you? Vincent Company. Yeah. Hang on, though. Yeah, he won a World Cup. You said he won a World Cup? Yeah. Or oh, Belgium. Belgium haven't won a World Cup. Are you, are you classing under 21 World Cup or something? 2018. Belgium have never won a World no, Cup. No, definitely not. Well, fucking Google says so, mate. <laughs> Google said that last week oh, was it 16 um, points of oh, three mate, teams. honestly, that, <laughs> I follow the same thing, the same stat place um, thing as is it Opta? Dan. Opta. Fucking rubbish. <laughs> Belgium, Belgium, Belgium don't even got to a final. How did you guess it then if I said about the World Cup? Well, I was going to say company when he said it's, about it's the just, four. Yeah, it was the four times I was thinking company, but then you said World Cup and that threw me and then I was like, then you said manager. I was like, there's oh, bollocks to it. Whatever. Yeah. So we all get four points. Scrap that fucking bit. (laughs) (laughs) Who won the 2018 World Cup? Fuck knows. Apparently Belgium. France? They must have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they must have, yeah. Yeah, it was against Croatia, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, because that was in the the semi-final, yeah. Do you know what I reckon I've done? I reckon I've got the gold mixed with the bronze. Because they came third, didn't they? They did. (laughs) Because they beat us. Still, well done. (laughs) Right, this is for five points. Uh, No, it's not. So in order... (laughs) <laughs> list it's because it was question five I've got to five points so in order list the current Premier League top ten one point per team 
So that's on your fangs. Top, I don't expect yeah. you to flex that hard. Top 10. Or top 10. In order, list the Premier League top 10, one point per team. Oh, I don't work out who's left. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because you're used to them being there? Yeah, I'm, I need you to see in the bottom <laughs> half of the time. <laughs> I'm missing one team. I've, Two. I've got three, three like ones where I'm not sure in what yeah. order they are. And whoever the club who's tenth, I'm really not sure who's tenth. Well, I'm, so I'm taking a guess. League table up just to fucking triple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't trust Opto or whoever. <laughs> right, right. Has everyone got your teams? No, I've only got. Come on, Lee. Yeah. Are you trying to find like ninth and tenth? Like, mm, ninth and tenth. Chuck some mid league followers yeah. in there and just get lucky. <laughs> you got it. You got your team. Really yeah. I'm missing one, but I think it's one. Okay. So tot, tot your own um, scores up mm-hmm. as we go along. So in first place, oh, is he still? Mm. You got him? I've got him, yeah. Yeah, okay. So first place is Spurs, mm-hmm. 26 points. Second place is Arsenal, 24. Uh, third place is City on 24, but they have the same goal difference. Oh, wrong way. That's fine. Yeah. We're still giving the points for that. Uh, fourth place is Liverpool on 23. Mm-hmm. Fifth is Aston Villa yeah. on yeah. 22. Sixth are Sun, um, Newcastle <laughs> on 17. Didn't get a laugh from you there, Shira. No. <laughs> Just got a look of <sighs> you're the target, disgust and resentment. You're the target audience. <laughs> um, seventh are Brighton on 17. Eighth, Man United on 15. Ninth, West Ham on 14. Mm-hmm. And 10th, Brentford. Oh, all 10. Get in there. Good job. Yeah. I can't believe Man United are above us. They're fucking dog. <laughs> it is crazy how bad they perform, but they're still up there. <laughs> You've got four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so Lee got four. So that puts you both on seven. And Chris, you got all ten, yeah. I did, yeah. Mm. Oh, fantastic. Should okay. I? Because uh, I, what I, what I do whenever we have to use our phones on the podcast, right? Rather than bring up the notes app, because I can never find it, I just quickly open up a message and type a message out. Should I click send? Because Abby will not have a fucking clue. That's not your Abby. Because <laughs> Abby, I used to work with years and years ago. Um, should I just send her this the top ten of the Premier League? See what she says. <laughs> Good effort. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you, uh, you. You've stormed that one, mate. Sorry, Thanks, mate. Even managing to get a fact that was fucking wrong and still getting the same player. <laughs> Fair play. Rigged. Rigged. <laughs> cool. That's one. Thank you very much, sir. Right. Um, well, that brings us to the end of proceedings. Thank you very much to uh, Josh and to Lee for joining us. They will be back next week uh, for another episode and we'll ultimately you have to sort of play it by ear after that I have tentatively penciled you in for the following week um, I suspect you probably will be needed for that week and then the following week Dan will be back and then we'll get you guys involved again in around Christmas right depends on the uh, listeners <laughs> well yeah I mean yeah I mean Dan might find that uh, he's been replaced so, so yes uh, thank you very much everyone for listening um, we've got ep- episodes of LMA going out tomorrow as always um, it's been a very frantic start to the season in that one it's getting it's going to get worse trust me with, <laughs> with the ones we've got in the bank um, so yeah thank you very much everyone for listening and we'll see you all next week bye 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 bye